Hey everyone, welcome to City Church OTR's Sermons Podcast. Here you will find all of the sermons and teachings that are given at our Sunday services. We also have our original City Church OTR podcast, which has more conversations, interviews, and more interactive content. As always, we would love to meet you. Check out our Instagram to see what we're doing this week and our website, citychurchotr.com, to meet one of our pastors. Enjoy. Thank you so much. Good morning, guys. All right. That was good. I'm, I'm surprised. You know, a lot of times when I speak, people just stare back at me. And uh, I like participation, and I like preaching in the round. I was an English major at the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Now the current number one team in the nation. Thank you, Texas A&M. Um, if you're not in sports, that's okay. I was an English major, and I love theater, and it's going to be really hard for me not to go preach up on that set. <laughs> this is brand new. I've never preached uh, in the round. I've always wanted to go to the Globe in London, but now I'm here in my own city, which is really cool. I didn't know that this building existed until uh, earlier this year when I was here for a management team meeting. If you're new, uh, and maybe you're new to church, new to faith, uh, this is a church plant and it's a startup. Maybe you have a business background and you understand an entrepreneurial spirit, or maybe you've started something from scratch. Any business leaders in here, you've started something? Yep. Um, Well, church is kind of like that. I mean, it's a startup. This is a startup church, and there are a lot of people uh, who are cheering you on. There are a lot of churches that are partnering with City Church, and we're one of those churches right here in Cincinnati, uh, and I'm super honored to be here. I'm part of the management team, and, and when I saw this building, I said a couple of things. We were here for a meeting. Leaders from all over the country flew in to, to be a part of supporting you guys, and I said, A, I'm jealous because there is no—we've been a part of 37 church plants. We've helped plant 37 churches in 14 years. We just had our 14th anniversary as a church, and uh, I've been to a lot of site visits. I've had the opportunity to preach in many of those places, uh, from Memphis to Philadelphia and around the country, and you guys have the best, the best location I have ever seen and facility I've ever seen for a brand new startup. So uh, let's give it up to the Shakespeare Theater. Thank them for a couple things. Rivers Crossing uh, started 14 years ago. We are a church that meets in two locations here in the tri-state. We have a campus in Mason. If you've been to Kings Island at all, ever, we're right across the street. We share an entrance with Kings Island, bought an old movie theater, and we have a campus in Deer Park. And we are passionate about church planting, which is how I got involved. Chris and I probably met uh, two years ago when they were moving to the city and praying about planting. And we just kept talking and we felt called to support this work. So if you are into this kind of thing, and, and you may not be, uh, know that your pastor, A, is a stud. He's a beast and he can hit a golf ball further than I can, which makes me very angry and jealous. Um, and he and Catherine are amazing leaders. I want to honor them. And you may not know this yet. Maybe you're a guest, but God has placed a team and it's not just the two of them. There's a team here that felt called to plant this church and you are blessed with incredible leadership and an oversight team that cares a lot about you, that prays for you. I'll get into that in just a moment, but, uh, I want to honor your pastor and I want to honor him because he's doing double duty. He's preaching for me today, which means he's got to do this twice. And this is easy because I only get to do it once. So we're swapping pulpits, and uh, he's up in Mason, and uh, let's just honor Pastor Chris and Catherine. Thank them for all the work that they do here. Yeah. 
As I said, uh, we are part of the management team. We believe so much in the vision for this church, and we believe so much in the vision for church planting in our city that we made a significant investment financially. And more than that, uh, we believe that we are partners with you. So you're not doing this alone. And uh, I will tell you a little bit about myself, you know, the gratuitous, here's my family picture. This is my family. Let's throw that up there. They are far better looking than me. I'm the uh, father to four kids. 23, the red jacket, that's Alex. She just graduated from Georgia State University with a film degree, and she's a writer, and she's creative, and she's gorgeous, and she's awesome. And she's eligible, but you have to go through me first, guys, if you want anything to do with her. Uh, Then Ansley and Gavin are the two dark head ones on the left. They're both 19. Uh, Ansley's getting ready to go to school in Birmingham at Highlands College, which is a ministry school. Gavin is a sophomore at UC. And then my baby boy, this was literally this past Monday night, uh, he just turned 17. And I'm, I'm really feeling old. And then that's my beautiful wife, Fair. We've been married 25 years. And when Chris invited me to, to, to preach, we talked about, you know, what do you want me to share? And, and he said that he wanted me to, to stoke the fire. You may have noticed that in your program. Stoke the fire. Like, like share some stories with us as a one-year-old church plant like that, that could encourage us where we're at on our church planting journey. And as I began to pray and think about maybe what you need to hear today, I, I want to take you to a text in the scripture, but I'm going to tell a series of stories that I hope inspire you, encourage you, but more than anything else, I don't know where you're at on your spiritual journey. I don't. So, so I, don't, I don't come in with any presumptions I grew up in church. I sat in not nearly as cool environments as this in pews, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Tuesday nights, and Wednesday nights. My dad was a, uh, a professor by trade, but he always felt called to ministry. So I'm a PK, MK, TK. If you don't know any of that, I'm a preacher's kid, missionary's kid, teacher's kid. And uh, I, I grew up hearing about Jesus, but not knowing him. I, I had a, a lot of, of church stuff in my life, but not a relationship with God. And, and I just want to start, because this is my heart for you, wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, I believe that in the context of a message that's here to, to cheer you on and encourage you and say, you guys are crushing it, you're doing great, keep it going, this is what God can do through you. Uh, more than anything else, I'm, I'm more concerned about your heart and where you're at personally in your relationship with God. So the texts I'm going to share, the, the scriptures I'm going to share from, the stories I'm going to tell are, are all motivated by that. They're motivated by uh, the reality that some of you may not know Jesus yet, and that's okay. You're in a safe place. I, I so appreciated your call to worship. Uh, and man, God is a, he's a God who loves and pursues us, and I am standing here by grace. If you knew my whole story, which is not what I'm here to tell, uh, you would you'd probably not give me a microphone. I was very far away from God and finally met Jesus when I was 21 years old, and it changed my life forever. And, uh, and my hope is that if you hear anything today, uh, is that God loves you. He's pursuing you. He's, it's not by coincidence that you wound up today uh, in this really cool space at this church. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe you saw a banner. Maybe you drove by. Maybe you saw an Instagram ad. I don't know. All I know is, is God's pursuing you, and he loves you. And I wouldn't be standing here if he didn't do the same thing for me. So uh, I'm going to dive into a text that uh, I think is appropriate. It's written to a, a church plant that started in a city 
in northern Greece called Thessalonica. It's about a year old when this letter, if you don't know this, a lot of you probably do, uh, you've got a, a very smart pastor who probably tells you these kinds of things, but when you see things like 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, these are letters written to start up churches like this, uh, many of them by a man named Paul who formerly was Saul of Tarsus. And if you're here and you're seeking and you're not quite sure about this whole God thing, one of the reasons I believe that Jesus Christ is who the scriptures say that he is, is because a guy who wrote most of the book that I call the Holy Word of God was written by a man who hated Jesus, persecuted Christians, threw them in jail, and, and watched them be murdered in the first century after the Jesus movement started. So, so him becoming one of the authors of scripture is a pretty telltale sign that, that God changes lives. And Saul of Tarsus became Paul the apostle. And in Acts chapter 16, I'm going to share that with you. He, he got a call. He heard someone in the spirit realm crying out, come help us. And, and he, he started this church a little bit later in the next chapter. But let's start in Acts chapter 16, verse 9 and 10. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready, and we being the, the kind of the core group, the, the, the little band of Christians who were, who were preaching the gospel all over uh, the Middle East, the ancient Near East at that time. And, and specifically, Luke is writing this. He's a doctor. So he's a historian and a doctor, and he's saying, we, after Paul hears from God, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Anybody know what that word means, gospel? Good news, right? And specifically, gospel, when we see it, means, means more than just good news. It contains a message, and it's the message of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a very specific type of good news, and they felt called to go there. And in the next chapter, they wind up in Thessalonica, and like a lot of church plants, uh, there's a lot of chaos that ensues. There's a mob, there's a riot in the city, uh, there's false accusations, and when I tell church planters that you're getting ready to do the most incredible thing, the most wonderful thing, the most awesome thing you will ever do, but also the hardest thing that you will ever do, I don't think they always believe me. But your team, your, your pastors, people who've moved here from Vegas, people who've sold homes and moved from Indiana, like the, the core little team, I just want to encourage you, if you're part of the original team that started here a year ago, you are, you are stepping into the same soil, the same type of environment that church planters have been stepping into for 2,000 years. It's chaos. It's, it's, it's a riot, but it's, it's so worth it. It's amazing. You can go back and read on your own in Acts chapter 17, kind of the, the rest of the story. So this, this church kind of starts, it starts in the middle of chaos, and then there's this band of Christians that's left there, and, and they begin to have an amazing influence. Uh, and Paul writes them a year later, the same place that you guys are as a church. Last September, uh, it, this thing started up publicly. It started long before that when Chris and this whole group of, of IU kids dreamed about planning a, a church someday. It started in the hearts, just like in Paul. Like there was a, there was a call and, and there was a vision and then there was faith. So, so City Church started with a, a call and some obedience, and now it's grown to what it is already. And every single week, just so you know, I get a report. 
like the rest of the management team does. And if you don't understand what that means, like in the scriptures, there's a leadership model that, that's called elders or overseers of a local church. And when a church plant starts, there's an oversight team that kind of coaches them and helps them until elders come up from within. I'm going to tell you a pretty cool story. Maybe someone here might be an elder someday. Maybe you don't even dream that you are, could even be a Christ follower, but I believe this by faith. There's someone sitting here right now. You will become a leader in the house of of God, and you're not even a follower of Jesus yet, because that's what God does. God changes lives. So now, a year later, this little church has started. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And this is uh, Paul writing, but he's writing along with Timothy and Titus, he, this, this group of leadership, and encouraging this, this, this little one-year-old church plant. He says, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. You know that you have people praying for you? Like, like people are praying for, for this church from all over the country. And sometimes when you're in the middle of it and you, and you don't realize it, like th this is the beauty of the body of Christ. There is a connection that takes place because of the love of Jesus and how Jesus changed our lives and how Jesus wired up our church like to partner with you. Like just like Paul is writing, like we are praying for you. You are being prayed for every single week by people outside of City Church. And, and I think that's pretty cool, like, to, to understand, and maybe it's your very first Sunday, this, this church is connected to something that's much broader. There's a global community of people who profess the name of Jesus, two billion strong, all over this globe, still existing in this same city, by the way, in northern Greece, 2,000 years later, people who've, who've been transformed by Jesus, we have this connection, and Paul's saying, I'm praying for you, so uh, we're praying for you at Rivers Crossing. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of theologians and commentators call this the holy triad. Paul kind of introduces this new concept into uh, Christianity, and we've heard it before, but it's faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. He mentions it over and over and over again. In this specific writing, he connects faith, love, and hope. He just changes the order a little bit, but he connects them to these three words that are all about the work, labor, and endurance. Do you know that it takes work, labor, and endurance to start a church? And, and if you're not aware of this yet, everybody here is part of that. Maybe you're a guest, but if you've been coming for more than three weeks, then you're part of it. And, and you know what? God wants you to partner with City Church to, to see those three Christian virtues that really change us from the inside out become part of your life. I want to make, make this really clear because there's a lot of confusion. I've been in Cincinnati 20 years now, and I'm from the Deep South, and I grew up in, in a movement that talked a lot about do's and don'ts. Maybe you have that kind of religious background, and, and I heard a lot about the things I should be doing, and I heard even more about the things I shouldn't be doing, and there was a, there was a list that I had to check off, and then there was a list that I should never cross, and it was always, I don't know about you, but I was always attracted to the list that I shouldn't be doing. And I said, that sounds way, way more fun. And so um, in my mind, when my life began to fall apart, and, and there's, a, there's a promise in Scripture. You may not know this. It's in the book of Ecclesiastes. It says there is pleasure in sin for a season. 
There's pleasure in sin for a season, but, and, and what is sin? Sin is just simply missing the mark, falling short of the standard, not matching up to God's perfection and his holiness, which, by the way, no human being can, can do. There's, there's one of two outcomes that you can do on your spiritual quest to have some type of a relationship with God. If God is who he says he is, if the God of the Bible has revealed himself through Jesus Christ, then, then there's only one way, and Jesus said it, into a real personal relationship with God. That means we got to have our sin problem dealt with. So when Paul attaches to these three Christian virtues that some of you who've studied the Bible have heard before, faith, hope, and love, faith, hope, and love, the words labor, work, and endurance, maybe, and maybe you're not thinking this, but if you're asking the question, so does that mean that I have to work for my salvation? Does that mean I have to labor for God to love me? And accept me? Does that mean I have to endure until I breathe my last and just kind of glide through life suffering and then hope at the end of my life that my good outweighs my bad? And that there's, you know, maybe, and I don't know about you, but I got a lot of bad to overcome. And see, I'm not talking about doing the work in a church plant to earn your salvation, what we do as followers of Jesus Christ, and that's why I wanted to show you that passage in the book of Acts. Paul wanted to plant this church in northern Greece because he wanted to preach the gospel, and the gospel says this, you and I cannot earn anything. We have to receive it. So so we receive faith, hope, and love, but faith, hope, and love always lead to action. Now, I'll tell you a a, a first-year story. Okay, I'm going to tell you a few different stories about our church planting journey that I hope will encourage you. But the, the task and that, that word that we just read um, attached to the word faith, your work produced by faith, the, the tasks that you do that are born out of your faith in God will always be tested. Your faith will always be tested. As a church plant, we said that we wanted to be a church planting church. This week, I had the opportunity to host a discovery center where we assessed three church planters, four church planters from all over the country who were thinking about doing what uh, Chris and Catherine did and the team did, and they went through a, an assessment very much like the one we just hosted. And by the way, they got a green light and said, you guys can do this. And they partnered with, with a lot of churches, but they were validated uh, in their qualifications to plant a church. So I was telling this story in a different format to a group of church planters who were thinking about planting churches uh, coming up, kind of like you are. And, and I told them, don't just plant a church. Don't just plant a church, but plant a church that plants churches that plants churches. And, you know, I I said that when we were pre-launch, and I said, we're going to be a church that's not the dead end on, we're not, we don't want to be the cul-de-sac of Christianity and and just be about us. We want to be about what's coming next. And so I said, you know, we're going to be this church planting church. And I preached a message at our sending church. It was my, my message to kind of go, this is who we're going to be. And this is Rivers Crossing. And I got done preaching. It's the first time I'd ever even used the name Rivers Crossing, which by the way, uh, you're already thinking, does that mean something? Is that super spiritual? Were you like Paul and got a vision from God and heard and said, go to Cincinnati. And uh, the, the name, I got a call and I had a vision to plant a church, but the name, it was from a horrible naming contest where we said, whoever comes up with the best name for the church gets a six pack of beer 
and gets a steak dinner on me. And uh, they were so bad, I'm embarrassed to even share some of the nominations. And, uh, and finally, I said, no, nah, it's going to be Rivers Crossing because it was a development. And if you've been up in that part of town that was going to be built, and I said, maybe this development will, will explode. And uh, instead, uh, we launched in September of 2007. And some of you are old enough to remember 2008 and the economy crashing. So that, that Rivers Crossing development took 14 years to finally get a sign that says Rivers Crossing on it. So um, it, it was nothing magical or supernatural. But I got uh, someone in the lobby who came up to me. And so I'm so excited about your church. And, uh, and, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about the, the faith that it takes to do what you're doing. And we said, we want to be a church planting church. And we hadn't even launched yet. And someone came up to me and said, oh, I'm so excited. I've seen your website and just so excited about what you guys are doing and the area you're called to. And, and uh, we'll be praying for you. And, um, and a couple things ran through my head at that moment. Thank you for the prayers. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Second was, we don't have a website um, there must be another river's crossing uh, that's going to be planting in the same area. So I, I went back to my office at this large church, and you know, I had my fancy desk, and I had a big phone, and, and I jumped on my computer, and, uh, and I looked up river's crossing, and sure enough, there was a website uh, for river's crossing, not just river's crossing, but river's crossing community church, our exact name. And it had a, a contact. They were launching in Easter of 08, and we were launching in September of 07. And I said, we have a problem here. Same demographic study, very similar like vibe and vision for the church. And then uh, I looked down, and, and there was a contact number that was a different area code. So I called, and I left the awkward voicemail to say, hey, I'm just checking in. And uh, my name's Paul, and I'm the other pastor of Rivers Crossing. It's just not the same Rivers Crossing. And, and, I, and we had a laugh. This guy ends up calling me back. And, and I'll, I'll make this very brief, but I, I want you to know something about faith. Faith will always be tested. And your personal faith story and faith journey and the faith of this church will be tested. And we hadn't even launched yet and someone else stole our name. What do I do with that? So I, I called this guy. We have a discussion. And uh, I'm so thankful that, that I had a, a guy around me who had done all the, the, the proper filing with the state. So we had already incorporated in the state as a nonprofit, and they hadn't, and I knew that after that first conversation, but I didn't want to be that guy, you know, like, uh, um, you didn't do your homework, and we've got it. So I didn't want to do that. I was prepared to do that if necessary, but I didn't want to do that in the first conversation. So he said, all right, you go to your team and pray about it. I said, we'll go to our team and pray about it. So we talked a week later, and, you know, he starts the, the whole, like, ah, oh, you know, we really felt like God was calling us to be that, and, and we really felt led, and... Like it was our name, and um, but you know we prayed about it, and we found out that you guys had already taken it with the state of Ohio, so uh, we've moved on to another name. Now, now listen. In that moment, in that moment, I, I had a, a choice. I had a choice to go. Yeah, we got it. Um, or I could exercise my faith and see this see God speaks God God is still a speaking God he speaks through his word but he speaks through his spirit and in that moment I just it wasn't audible it wasn't written on the wall like God didn't dial in on line number two and say hey uh, I just I felt like well they're a church plant and we said we want to be a church planting church so 
I, I muted it. He's still telling me about how they came to their new name. And my, my executive pastor, he's now my executive pastor, uh, was sitting there. He wasn't even on staff yet. And I said, Aren't, when do they launch again? He said, uh, April. I said, they're so, so they're still raising money. If you didn't know this, uh, the, the infusion of resources from churches all over the country that are coming in here are the reason that this church exists. It takes money. Some of you are new, like you don't know this. Like it takes money. Like Shakespeare Theater doesn't go, hey, uh, come on in. We have an amazing facility. It costs millions of dollars and we just want to let you use it for free. That doesn't happen. Uh, it, it takes resources. And so I said, hey, um, so, so that means there's still fundraising. And he said, yes. And we had just opened up our first checking account. And I was so excited that, that we had $15,000 in our checking account. And uh, it takes way more than that, by the way, way more than that uh, to plant a church. And, and we both just kind of got this look in our eye. And I said, if we don't do this now, if we don't do this now, four months before we ever open our doors to the public, then we'll never do it after we start. And, and I said, okay. So, so he looked at me and he, he's a a one on the Enneagram, if you know anything about the Enneagram, and he's a CPA, uh, financial guy, and he's, you know, so he wasn't feeling all the emotional vibes that I was feeling around it, and so he's like, all right, just tell me a number, and I'm like, no, you write a number down, and I'm like, well, I'll write a number down, so we're, we like, we both wrote our numbers down, and then we flipped it, and, and all the time, this pastor's still telling me about, like, well, we went through, like, <laughs> and we both flipped and we both wrote down the exact same amount, $5,000. And we had 15. And, and what I want to tell you, City Church, is God will honor your faith steps. God will. See, see the Apostle Paul, he, he, like, he planted this church and then he was gone. But, but he was telling them, keep working. Like, like your faith is going to produce works in you. It doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is your faith in God and in Christ and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But that faith will always lead you to take steps that are going to make the gospel continue to move. So we gave away a third of our budget. And within two weeks of that, someone wrote us an $80,000 check. And see, see, this is a, be generous early and be generous often as a church. Even when you're still raising money from the outside, even when you still need support, like, like you cannot, it's so cliche, but it's so true. And some of you haven't learned this yet in your personal finances. And that's why your, your month is bigger than your budget. <laughs> It, like there's always more days than the amount of, because you haven't learned this cliche principle, but it's totally biblical. You cannot out give God. God gets involved when there's a generous spirit. And when the spirit of God gets involved in you, it will lead towards generosity in your life. So take steps of faith. Second thing, your labor prompted by love. Do you know ministry is messy? Anybody know that yet? Well, let's just, take, let's, let's just go more basic than that, because I'm not seeing a lot of agreement and head shaking. Life is messy. Can I get a witness? Um, it's hard. It's difficult. And, and this is, again, I, I'm here to, to stoke the fire. That's, that's Chris's word, by the way. Chris said, I, I just want you to come stoke the fire of our one-year-old baby church. You guys planted a church. 
By the way, like one of the only churches I know who actually had the courage to launch last year. Most people put their launch plans like on pause. You didn't just plan it during a pandemic. You planted it during a tumultuous time. And I've been in ministry 25 years now. And I don't think any pastor up until this point has had to endure what we endured as a cultural, the cultural moment of 2020. And you guys were like, look, look at what God has done. But it was messy and it will continue to be messy. And I want to encourage you that, that no matter how messy it gets and how messy the people are, it's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm going to fast forward, give you a little vision of what maybe your three-year anniversary could look like. You just celebrated one year. We had our three-year anniversary. We started in a high school, and we were set up and tear down. And uh, we started in Kings High School, if you know that area. And after the service, you know, it was a big celebration. And you're going to hear this. Like, I I was joking with some of your team earlier. Like, uh, church plants, they celebrate everything. It's like, one-year anniversary, two-year grand opening, second grand opening, third grand opening. We moved to a new location. We got a new building. It's like, just whatever you can do to get the word out. And this was our three-year anniversary. And and, uh, we had, like, like cookies, you know, and balloons, and they were threes, and, and like, it was this big celebration, and like you, there were kids everywhere, which I love, like, seeing kids here, but also upstairs, and so we were very young church, and um, at the end of that service, I invited people to make a decision, like, if they wanted to become a follower of Jesus to, to make that decision, and in our environment, in our context, um, my conviction is that Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 10, that if you acknowledge him publicly, that he will acknowledge you before his Father in heaven. If you deny him publicly, he will deny you before his Father in heaven. So my core conviction is, like, and it's not to embarrass anybody, it's just to say, like, hey, if you can't, like, let me know that you're making a decision for Jesus in here, where there's people who are going to erupt and applause and go nuts that you made that decision, uh, then you'll never live for him when you get out into your real life. So, so we do most of the time just a hand raise, you know, kind of deal. And uh, there was a guy who was sitting about six rows back on the left side of that auditorium. And, you know, I love it when, you know, and I, you do the preacher thing, it's like every head bowed, every eye closed. And, uh, and then they disobey, they don't do it, and just, just stare you down, like, what are you getting ready to do right now? And uh, this guy did that, and uh, he was shifting in his chair, and he was moving, and his face was red, and I'm like, in my spirit, in my mind, you know, you can be talking, and like, your spirit's like talking to God, I'm like, okay, God, this is his day, this is, his name's Randy, this is Randy's day. And, uh, and you know, he didn't raise his hand, he disobeyed my orders, and, uh, and I'm out in the lobby afterwards, Remember, we're talking about ministry is messy. The work of love, the work of loving this city is messy. And I heard Randy, there's a group over here from our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, which is a ministry that we have to help people who are struggling with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And those can be anything from from chemical addiction to alcohol to uh, sexual addiction. It can be a lot of different things. But um, we had just started this this Celebrate Recovery ministry about a year earlier. And so the CR crew was kind of standing over here. And now, just keep in mind, there's little little kids running down. There's balloons. There's there's cookies. It's festive. It's it's like church. And um, I hear this voice say, I hate it when Paul does that. You know, you're kind of like, <laughs> and, 
And someone asked him, what, what, what do you mean? And uh, he could have easily said preaching because I know people sometimes hate it when we preach. And, uh, but he wasn't talking about my preaching. He was like, you know, that hand thing at the end of a service. And someone said, oh, why? And, well, he, he, he said, uh, but today I almost raised my hand. And then he really had my attention. And if you, if you haven't figured this out yet in just a little bit of time with me, I'm an evangelist. Like when, when God changes someone's life like he changed mine, when you are so far away from God and so down in a pit and, and so lost and God finds you and picks you up out of that, all I can do is tell people about Jesus. I mean, like I knew within two weeks of becoming a Christ follower, December the 4th, 1993, Jesus changed my life. And all I want to do is tell people about Jesus the rest of my life. So when I heard him say I almost did it, then he had my full attention. But I didn't want to turn and make it awkward. So... Someone asked him, who's now on our staff and who's the leader of Celebrate Recovery, so why didn't you do it? Now, in certain audiences, I would quote him like word for word, but I won't do that today because there's some young people in the room, but I'll let you figure it out. Um, He said, well, I didn't raise my hand because I'm too bleeped up. Starts with an F in case you were wondering. I'm too effed up for God to love me. And see, see, ministry is messy. And it's your three-year anniversary. My prayer for City Church is that you'll have a Randy who's in your lobby, who's broken, who's hurting, who just squandered an early retirement package from CentOS and snorted $100,000 worth of cocaine in a year, whose marriage was on the rocks, who was lost, who was as far away from God as you can possibly imagine, but because... Someone from our core team moved into a house, sold their house, and moved in right next to him and began to just build a relationship. Didn't go like, we'll see today at the Bengals game. They'll be, now, like, all the the turn and burn people, they've gotten, they got LED screens on top of trucks if you've been down to a game this year, telling you how awful you are and how how hot it's going to be in hell. I mean, they've, like, modernized the whole thing. It's it's crazy. (laughs) Pastor Jeff didn't do that with Randy. He just built a relationship and loved him. And then his wife started coming to celebrate recovery and she got clean from alcohol. And then he said, oh my gosh, if like that church thing that like, you know, and by the way, people, when you're starting up and you're meeting, people are like super skeptical if you're for real. If you didn't know that. They're meeting where? They're what? Oh, they're a year old. They're like one of those like startup pop-up churches. They're going to be like every other church that starts an OTR and they'll be gone in a year. You guys have already proved that part wrong. But people are a little bit skeptical. But Randy said, if God can change my wife, and I'm quoting him, okay? This isn't just for cheap humor. He's like, if God can change my wife, I'm going to, I'm going to go check this out. Something's going on over there. And he came for months and months and months, and he didn't raise his hand that day, but eventually he came to the end of himself, and the love of God pursued him. The labor of love is so worth it, because there might be a Randy. You might be sitting here today. And Randy eventually surrendered. I wish I had time to show you his story and show you uh, how God can use the worst startup technology. You should have seen the green screen he filmed his baptism testimony video on. I still show it to church planters to give them, like, it was, man, 11 years ago, we didn't have the money or technology to make it super fancy. We had a wrinkled backdrop, but uh, his daughter flew from South Florida to see her dad get baptized.
And you know what? And, and that's not it. It's not just that. It's enduring love because Randy didn't just pray a prayer. I call it a magical mystery Jesus prayer. And as an evangelist, to call it the magical mystery Jesus prayer, you know, I feel like Billy Graham would like turn over in his grave right now. But the, the prayer of salvation is not, there's lots of prayers of people crying out to God and asking for salvation, but there's not like a formulaic prayer for starting a relationship with Jesus. And Randy didn't pray some magical mystery Jesus prayer. He surrendered his life to God and literally his words are, and if God can love a cocaine addict like me, he can love anyone. And his life began to change. And now Randy is a leader of Celebrate Recovery a pastor at another one of our church plants and an elder in God's church. See, that's that's what happens, City Church. That's what happens when we make a commitment to love people who are far away from God and who don't have the answers and who are not there yet. Randy's come to faith in Jesus and he changes not only his life, but his entire family's trajectory for the future. Jesus is still in the life change business. That was our three-year anniversary. And like you... Um, we, we didn't want to be portable forever. You know, it's funny. Um, you may not know this, and, and I'm going to wrap up in just a minute. I got a text from Chris this morning, your pastor, saying, uh, doesn't look like we have access to the sound system. Welcome back to church planting. I'm like, that is, that's, that's just it right there. That's church planting. But your team came through and delivered, and I got a mic, so let's give it up to the tech team. They figured it out. But we had made a commitment to the high school that we would be on our way out at year five. And um, so we began to, to look and to pray and to search, and we walked land, and we, we looked for land, and we... We prayed over land, and, and we were in the process of getting ready to do our first capital campaign uh, to actually acquire land, and we didn't even know what we were going to acquire yet, which if you don't know, it's really hard to raise money for a theoretical, and uh, so God had blessed us. We had grown to about 500 people by that point, and, uh, and we were portable, set up, and tear down, and I got an email from an elder who said, hey, um, I was at a movie last night at Showcase. It was called Showcase Cinema at the time. And he was like, it was, it was totally empty. And uh, he said, terrible place for a movie theater, but a great place for a church. And I wrote him back. I'm like, I know that's been on our bucket list, dream list. You know, God, if you, you know, our faith stretching list forever. And he said, well, and he's a business guy. He said, with your permission, can I reach out to them? I'm like, sure. And, you know, again, faith, hope, and love. You got to have some hope. You got you, you to have some hope. And you got to endure with that hope. And we have, been, we have been hoping and praying and dreaming for years. And just one email turns into, oh, by the way, they're getting ready to put it on the market because they're selling it to Rave. And their head of development is flying out next week to see if it's viable to invest millions into modernizing it. And uh, he'd be glad to meet with you. And 38 letters of intent later, the Friday before I get up to preach the first message of this vision sermon series for a capital campaign, we get the secured deal in hand, and God gives us the opportunity to, the opportunity to purchase the theater just before our fifth birthday as a church. And, and what's crazy is it was on the books with the city of Mason for $6.8 million, and we got it for $2.4 million dollars. 
And I just want to now, as I close, I want to just like, Chris asked me to do this. Like, so give me the, the one-year story. Give me the, the five-year story. See, God can do that. God, God's got a place for you that won't say you have to be out of here by this date, or if we don't have a show and, and all the things that, that happen, God's got a place for you in this city because God is for this city. He wants to see the core, the urban core of this awesome city that I've called home for 20 years. He wants to see it reach for the, the glory of Jesus Christ. And uh, we moved into that, and we just celebrated our 14-year anniversary uh, as a church, and now we've been a part of 37 church plants. That, that building wasn't about the building, it was about the people. And we said, to, to prove that, we're going to give a tenth of what we raised to purchase and renovate this building towards church planting. And then we did it again because we had to renovate the building. And in two years, we doubled. And then we said, well, now we got to blow out walls and do all that stuff. So we did another campaign to do that. And some of you guys are like, I am out. Because if campaigns, they're going to be asking me for money. <laughs> um, this isn't about campaigns. This is about life change. And I'm telling you our story. But I believe that there's going to come a point in your future where you're going to get the opportunity to participate with God to do something great for this city. And we said, we're going to give 10% away, and we're going to start 10 churches in the next 10 years. And you are number seven on that list. We got eight in the queue that we're going to do in Seattle next summer, and I'm flying out to, to San Diego, suffering for Jesus in November. Um, <laughs> to potentially get number nine, and, and we're in year seven, and I think, I think, I just believe God might do it, um, because, see, church plants are proven to reach people far away from God more effectively than an established church who's been around for a long time. Well, we're four, 14 years in, so, um, you know, I appreciated Chris's email. He said, I want you to just come as a big brother. He didn't call me grandpa, so it made me feel really good, and just encourage us, and, and I just want to tell you, like, like 13 years from now, when you have your 14th anniversary, what God can do. In, in those 14 years, we've seen 5,611 people say yes to Jesus Christ in 14 years. We've, yeah. Um, and again, this, isn't, this is not about me. This is about like what God can do and what God can do through City Church. God can do the same thing if you have his heart to endure, to labor, and to work with faith, hope, and love. He can do the same thing. Over 2000, 2074, to be precise, have followed that public declaration with being baptized. Like I said, we started 37 churches. We've given away 985,000 meals through Joshua's Place, which is our, our 501c3 that works in five different school systems around the tri-state. We, we've seen life's change. We've seen impact. We've seen like like 1,800 people being ministered to regularly through Celebrate Recovery who are breaking free from addiction and the chain of, of abuse in their personal life. See, see, God can do any and all of that. And my, my, my real hope uh, is that this last verse, and this is from a little bit later in the text, in verse 8, throw that up there, 1 Thessalonians 1, 8. The Lord's message, Paul says to this little church in Thessalonica, rang out from you, not only in Macedonia, northern Greece, and Achaia, the surrounding area, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. That's the prayer that I pray over your church. That's the encouragement I want to give you. Just a few quick stories of what God can do in a, in a group of people who are fully committed to him, and operate 
in those three things, faith, hope, and love. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to close in a song. God, thank you so much for giving me the chance to come down and just speak a little encouragement into this group of men and women and kids that you've assembled here in the heart of our city. I'm so grateful, God, for what you're doing through Pastor Chris and, and the entire team, all the, the staff, the volunteers. I'm so grateful for what you're doing and all the house groups that have doubled in the last year around the city. God, it's not often that I get to just step into an environment that's only a year old and hear, man, just the, the quality of worship the level of excellence, and not just because of the room, but because of the people that you've assembled here. So my prayer is, God, that you would expand their reach, that you would birth in them continued vision to reach people who are far away from God, to love their city, to love their neighbors, to endure. Ministry is messy, but it's so worth it. There might be a Randy sitting here right now or who's going to walk through these doors in the next year or two. So God, I pray for the perfect permanent home in the name of Jesus Christ. I just come into agreement that God, you're going to bring that to fruition quickly for the right price, the right deal. And it's going to be a God story that, that someday, 13 years from now, Chris will get up and encourage some other church plant that City Church has helped start somewhere in the world. So God, I just believe that by faith and I put my faith into the mix with all those who are praying for that location. So God, we love you. We praise you. For anyone who's not yet a follower of Jesus, God loves you. He can change your life. As we sing, God, we know that your word says you inhabit the praises of your people. You show up when we lift you up. So, God, we do that with a heart of gratitude, a heart of expectation, and saying thank you, thank you, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name that we pray. And everyone said amen, amen. Do you mind standing up and we'll close in a song?